Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Dental Practice Heroes podcast. I am your host, Dr. Paul Etchison. It is Monday, June 13th. I got some news. My new book, it is coming out this week. I hope so. I record these episodes probably about five days early. And man, I hope it's out by the time this episode comes out. But if it is not, it will be out this week on Amazon. I've been through eight drafts. It's like studying for the ACT again. It's like who versus whom, that, which, or who. Uh, apparently, irregardless is not even a word. I use that all the time. Every time is two words. And I put them as one word all the time. So anyway, I'm working really, really hard <laughs> editing this thing. Why my editor doesn't do these things, but uh, that's a whole nother conversation. But anyway, it's going to be out. It's going to be out soon. Hey, I'm going to do this MB2 webinar pretty soon for all the people that want to know more about MB2 and partnership with them. If you want to do that, get part of that, please send me an email, dentalpracticeheroes at gmail.com. I have had a few. I just want to see if there's any more people that want to get in on that and just no pressure, no anything like that. Just ask me questions and I will share my experience. So this week was like a week of reflection for me. You know, June 6th is that anniversary of D-Day, you know, when the Americans invaded Normandy. But it's also the anniversary date of the day that my dad passed away when I was uh, 19 years ago now. So I was 21 years old. I'm 40 now. He was healthy. He was in shape. He was 49 years old. And that's only eight years older than like I am now because I'm turning 41 just this month in a few weeks. So I don't want to go through like my history too much, but it's, it's important for what my topic is. But I do want to share a few things. So my parents got divorced when I was in sixth grade. My mom moved out and I stayed with my dad and my brother. My, she was just super depressed. Essentially, she just needed a way to get out and she got out. And then eventually, about a year and a half later, she would move from Illinois to Florida. And that was kind of when I was graduating junior high on my way to high school. And looking back at that time, it felt really strange that it was weird, like to have everyone divorced parents, like that I knew live with their mom, but I was living with my dad. Water under the bridge. I've forgiven her. I moved on. So I'm there going into high school, living with my brother and my father. And 14 is when I first got high, smoking weed, started drinking, which was unusual. Like all my friends were doing it. They know this was, this was kind of what we were doing at that time. And that would progress into high school, like taking acid, eating mushrooms, taking ecstasy, snorting cocaine, opiates, benzos, whatever. I mean, whatever it was, we would take it, whatever we get our hands on. And, and we all did. This wasn't just like me doing this in a room by myself. This was a social party kind of thing. And it's so weird because like I have nieces that are in high school and I look at them and I'm like, oh my gosh, the things I was doing at your age. It's crazy to me to see how young we were. But then at the time we thought we were so old. So I, I did a whole mess of stuff until probably I had one night where I did too much of a few things. And that was like when I was 20, I had a really bad experience and I stopped doing everything. Did not end up in the hospital, but nonetheless, panic attack. This was probably, that was probably my first panic attack. And after that, I was like, whoa, this is getting too bad. Get your shit together. All the while, maintained good grades and it was functional in that regard. But I mean, this episode's not about drugs. I just want to set that backdrop that, that you know, when I was 17, I'm just kind of give you this background on, on my upbringing. When I was 17, my, my dad had remarried and his stepwife and, and her two kids moved into our house. We had a hard time together and mostly because I was just this punk kid, probably on drugs who you couldn't tell anything to. But I just kind of felt like I was losing everything as they moved in. You know, they moved in. My brother was in college. I was a senior in high school. So the daughter moved into his room. And then when I would go to college next year, the son would move into my room. 
fast forward two years later, my dad would pass away. And two days after we bury him, then my stepmom says, you guys got to move out. Like you guys, this isn't your house anymore. So it was just like a very messed up string of events, unexpected and something I think at that time I wasn't emotionally mature enough to kind of handle, but you get thrown into it and you do. So I look back on that and I think about how I am now and I think about how much I worry and I worry about a lot of things. I mean, everybody has anxiety. I think I have maybe more than other people. You know, I wish I didn't have any, but I think that's normal to, you know, to have anxiety. But, you know, I've read so many self-help books. I mean, I've done therapy, I've journaled, I do exercises. I'm so happy with who I have become and what I've done with myself and what I've done with my life and my relationships. But it has been a lot of work. And it did take a lot of like self-reflection and and, and, like doing those exercises. And I've always been seeking this good feeling. You know, you you feel great. I love feeling great. And I think that's what that like drug chasing thing is. That's as high chasing. It's like, you feel so good when you're on these things that you, when you come down, you're just like, man, I just wish I could feel like that all the time. And this is how people get addicted to things. But I think about my practice all the time and I worry about it. And it goes through ups and downs, just like my life was going through ups and downs. Like you have the trials with tribulations. And that's essentially when I think about it is what life is. We all go through difficult things, but through these difficult things, we come out stronger and wiser. And I went through episodes where I've absolutely loved my practice. like loved it, loved it, loved it. And I've had some other ones where I've absolutely hated it. And I've, I've sit in the parking lot and I, I pull in back and I go, I don't want to be here anymore. How can I get out of this? I don't want to do this. And I've woken up in the middle of the night and thought about what can I worry about? What's going on at the practice? What do I need to kind of think about? And I've even like looked myself in the mirror in these times and repeated like over and over, you love your job. You love your practice. You're a great leader. You're this. And I don't care what you say. If anyone has felt the need to do these mantras where they tell themselves how they're supposed to feel, I don't know if that works for anybody. That never, ever, ever worked for me. And also like home life. There's been times where like I love my home life. There's times I've hated it. Um, Just episodes of feeling good and feeling bad. And You try to fix these bad feelings that you have. And I'd say out of all the things I've learned, all the books, all the exercises, all the training that I have had with feelings, coaching, all these things, I would say the best way to fix the bad feelings in my experience has been to not try to fix them at all. You can't fix feelings because there's there's really, there's just nothing wrong with having them. And that was a realization that I had that was just really kind of eye-opening is that Thoughts are just thoughts, and that's all they are, they're just thoughts. So I have a book that I read, and this maybe not too long ago, maybe six, seven months ago. This is an analogy from the book called The Space Within by Michael Neal. And this is probably one of the coolest things I've ever read. And I just want to share this with you because I think it's applicable. And I think it's when we get stressed out with our jobs, our career, our home life, which don't get me wrong, dude, I think dentistry is a very stressful profession. I think people on the outside really don't understand how hard it is. And I think we deserve everything that we get in this profession. And you can have people say they're, oh yeah, well, look at like, they're they're overpaid or I can't believe what you get paid to do this. Or I think you just can't really know until you're in it, but it's a tough gig. So I'm not going to ever deny that. But I want to read this analogy to you because this is from the book, The Space Within by Michael Neal. Check it out. Short book. Really good. All right. Imagine that you are riding on a giant barge floating gently down a beautiful river. In the very center of the barge is a giant roller coaster and your seat for the journey is in the front car. 
As the river carries the barge downstream, the roller coaster goes up and down, pausing every now and again before climbing its way to the next peak or plunging its way down into a valley. At times, it spins wildly, completely disorienting you. At other times, you find yourself resting at a pause between rides. Now imagine that your whole life you have ridden with your eyes closed, believing that the roller coaster is the world and the river is only a myth. What would happen the first time you opened your eyes and kept them open for every moment of the ride? At first, you might be a bit disoriented and even frightened as you watched yourself and others going up and down and around and around and occasionally dizzying speeds. The first time you crested the heights of the coaster and saw the river clearly in all its glory, you would be so taken by the view that you would never want it to end. And when your revelation was followed by a plunge to the bottom, it might seem that all was lost. But over time, you would begin to relax into the ride, spending less and less time trying to manage the ups and downs and more and more time enjoying the views along the way. You'd take comfort in the fact that no matter what was going on with the roller coaster, the river was always effortlessly supporting the barge along its journey. And you might even begin to enjoy pondering the mysteries of where the river came from and how you came to be on it and where it might be taking you. So take that for what it is. Next time you're feeling bad, worrying, stressing, remembering that the river is always taking you. It's always taking you down the river of life. You're riding the ups and downs and you should enjoy them. I did not have a horrible childhood. That was not what I want to convey by any means. I had a really good childhood. It got a little screwed up at points, but I mean, I was never abused. I had a roof over my head. We didn't have a lot, but we weren't poor and struggling by any means. But I look back on these things and these things that have caused me anger, you know, just like things that, and they still affect me to this day, like these experiences that I've had. But I look back on them and I just wouldn't change a thing because I threw out all of those experiences and they were hard and they're hard going through. I feel like I came out on top. I came out a stronger person and it made me who I am today. And it has driven in this work ethic that I have and this seeking of, of knowledge and becoming better and just like being a better person for the people around me. And I think that all comes from my experiences that I've had growing up. Now, I've had a hard time, admittedly, slowing down thoughts and worries. I still do that. I'm still a work in progress. I'm getting better. Each year, I'm better. But it's just, I like to come back and think about that roller coaster example. So whenever I'm going through something, I just remind myself, this feeling's normal. There's nothing wrong with the feeling and there is nothing for me to fix. And if I feel like I need to like throw up the air quotes here, fix the feeling, the best way to fix it is to not fix it at all and not worry about fixing it. So ride that roller coaster up and down, always cruising down that river of life. Don't ever forget to kind of take in the beauty, observe all of life's splendor and all the lessons and all the things that the world is showing to us because Before you know it, you could be 49 and it could be over. So we never, ever know when our clock is up. So enjoy life. Stop worrying. And I hope this wasn't too much of a ramble for you. But if you like this episode, shoot me an email. It would make me feel good. Dentalpracticeheroes at gmail.com. And we will talk to you next week.